Hey, Ravens! It's your editor, Puppet Master N. We had a little bit of an issue with Craig this week, I know, big surprise. But we were able to record this podcast over OBS. So you might notice a little bit of a quality difference between this podcast and our previous podcasts. If you can bear with us, it's a great episode, and I'm excited for you to hear it. All right, without further ado, here we go! Welcome to the Game Raven Review Podcast. I am your host. My name is Sam, and I am joined by some very talented individuals today while we discuss the world of indie games, and the topic for this podcast is going to be game jams. But before we get into any of that, let me introduce who I have with me this week. We have a newcomer by the name of Ezra. Tell us a little bit about you, Ezra. Hi. Yeah, so um, I'm an indie game developer. Uh, I currently work at a studio called Petricor, and uh, I also make games on the side. I've been making games for about three years now. Very nice to have you. And as always, we have Taz. Hey, how are you doing, Taz? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing okay. Glad to have you both with me today, and we'll be right back with what we're we playing. See you there. Welcome back to the Game Raven Review Podcast. This is one of our main segments where we talk about what we've been playing for the last week. I am sad to say that my streak of playing games of for one week is ended at one week. Dang. Um, so we'll start with Taz. Taz, what have you been playing? Uh, yes, I, on the uh, Wednesday Indie Nights for the Game Raven Twitch Review Twitch channel, Game Raven Review channel uh i played a game called uh yes your grace developed by brave at night and published by no more robots this game stressed me out it was such a good game um because it it it, it was kind of like uh what did i compare it to i compared it to kind of like uh mass effect or something there's another game where you are the, the premise is you are the king of this land and um your job the main part of the game is people line up to see you right they have requests things like that hey i need help financing this i need help finding that this that and the other uh the only crazy part is that all of your decisions will lead up to the end game result which is very interesting because at the very beginning of the game you're getting attacked by this uh country's army so you see the consequences or you see what is to come for sure. Now it's, oh no, I compared it to Fable 3. Because if anyone's played Fable 3, you have to like choose to favor, you know, the citizens or protect them in the long run by saving your money by making very bad decisions in a, in a social sense. But um, it's important to keep everyone alive at the end of the attack. Um, so it's kind of like that. 
The only thing that really stressed me about it was, was that it, the game did not tell me that I'd also have to be a father. I didn't know that part of the game and part of all the decision making and stuff was also playing the story of the family and of the king. King has like three daughters, a queen, and you know, there's the eldest, middle, and the youngest, but eldest is kind of, you know, young teenage years and possible forced to marry, but you're trying to comfort her, but you know, things can go sideways depending on which kind of dialogue you picked. So that was the most stressful part. On top of being a king, I also had to be a father, which was great, kind of different, unexpected, but it definitely piled on to an emotional sense of the of the game. Again, surprise fathering. Always. <laughs> always throwing you for a loop there. Un- unexpected fathering. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> you should be their marketing director. <laughs> surprise. Surprise your father. Father. <laughs> Make a great DLC like announcement. Yeah. Ezra, what about you? What have you been playing? Yeah, so um, I've been going back to playing Splunky 2 um, by Derek Yu and Blitworks. And uh, it's just really nice getting into a sort of a flow for uh, trying to speed run, even though I'm really bad at it. Uh, and uh, I've also been playing Don't Starve Together as a way of hanging out with some old friends. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I love that game. For our 24-hour live stream, I think that was the first time I've looked at Don't Starve Together. I'm like, this looks slightly stressful. Like, just birds attacking <laughs> to yeah. eggs. It is very stressful. <laughs> ghost, you turn to a ghost and you need something to revive you. I'm like, oh, that just seems so sad. Like, yeah, I don't I'm always surprised you. whenever I come back to the game, they're, like, still updating it. It's been, I don't know, definitely over five years. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I just struggle with because it doesn't, like... It doesn't tell you anything. It, it, like, you go into the game, cool, Very yeah, mysterious. load up in a world, and like, alright, okay, uh, what are these pigs doing here? Why, why are things trying to kill me? Like, what, am I supposed to give this other pig something? Like, I don't understand. A lot of, like, walkthroughs on that one, but yeah. it's still a fun game. Thank you guys for your answers, and we'll be right back with the question of the week. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Game Raven Review Podcast with one of my favorite segments, Question of the Week. In our Discord, which we have at GameRavenReview.com with a link there to join if you'd like, we always want to ask a question every day, whether it be about gaming or like, again, I think this answer question actually came from today of kind of just picking the brain a little bit. So the question for this week is going to be, would you rather know the mysteries of outer space? Or the secrets of the ocean. Ezra, let's start with you. My first instinct is to say outer space just because there's so much of it, you know? <laughs> a mm, lot of mysteries okay. out there. Yeah, I yeah, want to know yeah. them. Okay. It is the okay. final frontier. Yeah. Mike answers also space. Like, I just, I don't know. It's just so, it's like, like you say, like, there's just so much, right? Like, the idea that we're the only intelligent life to me is always kind of funny. Because I'm like, are we intelligent for one? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, 
there has to be other civilizations. There have to be other planets that just has, you know, really good margaritas. I don't know. Maybe they call it something <laughs> else. Like, there has to be something else out there to enjoy. And with the other reports of, like, UFOs and things in the sky, it's like, guess they're coming to say hi, spend their spring break here on Earth. I don't know. But I would love to, like, just see other civilizations, see other planets and galaxies, just how they're different, how they're the same. Mm-hmm. You know, did, did they ever find that piece that we always are looking for? No? Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. What are you, Taz? Um, I'm going to have to go with the other one. I'm going to have to go with the ocean. Most because, you know, I'm a firm believer that aliens exist. Like, that, all that stuff is totally real, so I have no reason to, you know, doubt it. But, like, the ocean, though, is, is bananas to me. Because there's stuff down there that I don't like or the potential of stuff out there that I really don't like. And I don't know, like people, there's a lot more theories out there with our own planet than there is with like space, you know, like I love the theory that, you know, what if, what if there are an ancient civilization of humans that are actually living down underneath like the glaciers or is, 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 um, Atlantis real or not? Like, there are so many things and so many monsters that freak me out. There's like like deep sea jellyfish that straight up look like a alien, you know. Fish come from aliens because that's an obvious fact, you know. Uh, but I, I'd have to go with ocean because you know I live here on Earth. I doubt I'll live anywhere else, you know, for a long time, if at all ever. Uh, but I still live here. It's like. It's like living in a house and being like, what's in your basement? I don't know. I don't really go down there much. It's too scary, but I just don't go down there. It'll be fine. That's how so I think space, of it. Is space your attic then? Space is the attic where like, it's, it's a cliche. It's a classic attic. Yeah, there's stuff covering like there's probably ghosts up there. There's, there's a trunk full of treasure, but it's downstairs you don't want to be at. So that's, that's kind of, I, I would like to explore the basement, but. I know it's in the attic, you know. Just, just, just <laughs> me personally. <laughs> and as I want to do a follow up question here about the space, since we're both, you know, space individuals who want to go to of space. Course. If you could, because Taz kind of brought it up, if you could live on a different planet out there into the space and you can't live like it's just like a normal place, would you? Oh, man. I don't know. Maybe. That'd be fun. Especially like. I don't know. That would be like the ultimate midlife crisis. <laughs> I'm going to go to another planet. Like, you know what? Earth, kind of boring, you know? Ugh. See, Tesla. See, like, are we talking about, like, like, uh, like, it, 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 there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of factors, right? The only thing we need is oxygen, but what if, like, we turn into some kind of Superman thing, or, like, another place's atmosphere is cool? You know, are we talking that? Are we talking, like, um... I don't know, like, what's another example of that? Or reverse Superman, where the gravity's lower, yeah. so you just sort of elongate until your bones break. Yeah, yeah, straight up. Like, yeah. I don't want to be a part of that. that sounds terrible. <laughs> the situation would be that it is mostly like Earth, just different species. Species? Yeah, species. Like, different species and things, and maybe you don't need a job? Yeah, okay. I would like that. In my we're, personal... We're just ambassadors, but we live there. Right. It's like, eh, do I, I don't have to work? Yeah, I'll stay. 
Like, oh, things are just given to you because people are just being nice and helpful. Free room and board. Heck yeah. Hey, Earth. Bye, Earth. <laughs> but I would. Like, if there was, like, an exchange program <laughs> between, like, <laughs> us and, like, Jupiter 2, which is Jupiter just slightly smaller. Like, yeah. I, I'll go there. Like, I'll, I'll you know, just, just to see what it's like. like see, the, see the differences. See the similarities. See... Like what are their what's their history like? Did they go through all the wars like we did? Like if they did if they did find peace, how did y'all manage to do that? Like I would love to just to like just to be like you're totally different. Yeah. Like you just be a totally different history, totally different like you said, atmosphere. Do they have two moons? What does Ooh, that do for my psyche? I would love to be like on Tatooine with like the three moons at sunset. That'd be or three suns, three moons, something like that. That'd like three sweet. suns. I'm pretty sure three sons would probably just make us all just go crazy. Oh yeah, probably. Like, like again, again, not the Pokemon podcast anymore, the <laughs> Dragon Ball podcast, where like when again this is a tangent, but when they go to the planet Namek yep. and you notice that it ne- it's never nighttime, right? And oh, that's that because they always have a sun that is around them that keeps it daytime all the time. Mm-hmm. And is I just and like again the big nerd theory people like yeah that would just make you go crazy. Because we need rest. We need to see the darkness. Right. And if you have no darkness, eh. Well, <laughs> just go underground. You just go underground when you want to sleep. Oh, there you go. Cut out blinds. Um, <laughs> like, there's so many things I'm going to bring with me. Like, no, I'm going to teach you the ways of closing the, the door and the, and the blinds. <laughs> just... You get double the sunsets, though. Oh, that'd be pretty. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe you get zero sunsets because it's always laid out. I don't know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, man. But yeah, my answer would love to see different planets and just different, again, societies that aren't tainted by our human. <laughs> got it. Got it. Intelligence, quote unquote. Oh, but hey, if you want to answer questions like this yourself, you can sign up for the Game Raven Review Discord on GameRavenReview.com. And we'll be right back with the main segment of the podcast. See you there. And welcome back to the Game Raven Review Podcast for our main segment, Game Jams. And let's start off with like a really simple question. Not for me, but for everyone else. What is is a game jam yeah so a game jam is basically when a group of people decide to all make a game under some sort of constraint so usually what that looks like these days is some sort of time constraint so whether it be in a weekend or over a month um or even in like a day or something uh some sort of time constraint, so you just don't just work on the game forever. And also, usually it comes with a theme. And the theme is usually more of a suggestion, because it's hard to like enforce. But um, for instance, uh, the theme of a recent game jam was deeper and deeper. So then people would interpret that in different ways. And a lot of people end up making games about tunneling or going underground, but then some people make games about like going deeper into your psyche or something like that. You can interpret it all these different ways. Um, so it's basically a time for a bunch of people to come together and uh, make games under some weird set of circumstances. Uh, 
have an excuse to make a game quickly and set it aside if you don't like it or keep working on it later if you want to. Um, and the other really nice thing about game jams is that you have this community of people all making a game at the same time. And then at the end, people usually all play each other's games and give feedback. Um, so oftentimes when you're starting out making games, it can be kind of sad if you just finish a game and release it into the void and like no one plays it. So in a game jam, at least you have a couple people who play it and give you feedback and you can do the same for other people's games. And it's this really nice community thing. Cool. Like, okay, that's what's interesting is you said it, it kind of adds like a group incentive almost, but like if some person solo like puts a game out there, you know, then it's like it can get lost in the void. But whereas like a game jam, like there is specific people in specific spots where your game is experienced for sure, a hundred percent. And then it gets put out there and like new stuff and things like that. Am I getting that right? Cause that sounds cool. Yeah. 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 Um, there's also like, there's so many different variations of game jams. So like one of the biggest ones is called Ludum Dare. Um, and it happens every year. I think it's been going on since like 2002 or something like that. Whoa. And, uh, in Ludum Dare, um, you are supposed to like play and review a bunch of games uh, at the end, and I think you're guaranteed to get like twenty or something like that. Or not guaranteed, but um, if you have less than twenty, your game is like put higher up um, with some sort of algorithm on the page where people go to play the games, mm-hmm. and you get more like quote unquote karma points by playing games that less people have played. So it ends up evening out, and you get a ton of people playing your game, which is really nice. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, I love that. Yeah. Now, for game jams, are there any special skills that I would need? Not necessarily. You, you can pick things up on the job if you want to. But uh, if you are going to start doing a game jam, what I would recommend is having at least one skill related to game development that you're at least semi-familiar with. So whether that be making music or writing or programming, or game design, just something that you can contribute in, in some way, because um, you do end, actually end up needing to make a game. But uh, a game jam can be a great time to learn a skill or, or learn like a new software that you've been meaning to try. So like sometimes uh, different game development softwares will hold their own game jams for people to like experiment with it. Um, yeah. Or like, for instance, um, at at Petrichor, we recently did a game jam with um, the Lightship AR uh, package, which is the same tech that Niantic uses for Pokemon Go. And we'd done some AR work before, but we never used that package before. And so the point of the game jam was sort of to get familiar with that and see what it could do um, and use that tech. Yeah. Interesting. I'm going a little bit off script, but it's kind of like a follow-up question to that. Is anything yeah. like provided for you, or is it all just everything you got? You know? Right. Yeah, it totally depends on the jam. Uh, oftentimes, uh, oftentimes, it's just like you make it with whatever you want. If there is some sort of tech- technological component to it where uh, there's like a... it's sponsored or something like that, then... Mm-hmm that tech will be provided because like they want you to use it. Right. So oh, cool. for Lightship, we were able to get on, on like the beta for it. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Uh, we did a Stadia game jam, but we didn't actually end up using the Stadia tech. It was like just supposed to be local multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there'll be 
game jams like from like an engine. Like I think Construct Three um, did a deal with Ludum Dare where you could like try it out, like do a sort of trial run on it um, during the jam if you wanted to. So sometimes there are things provided, but um, oftentimes it's just like use whatever software you want and uh, yeah, go for it. Basically. Cool. That's all. That's awesome. All right, I like that. And you mentioned again, I think it's right, PetroJam. Oh, so um, Petrocore is the Petrocore. Petrocore. Uh, right. company that I work for, and um, we've done a couple of game jams in partnership with a place called Playcrafting, um, which basically partners up like a brand with some indie developers, um, and the brand foots the bill, and the indie developers make some games uh, for either the technology that they're using or um, some brand or something like that. And uh, yeah, so that's what I was referring to before. All right. So with Pe- Pe- uh, Petri, thank you for that. <laughs> no problem. Because <Change> <laughs> so in my head, I keep saying, like, is he saying Petra or Petri? I don't know. That's why I want to get that out yeah, of the it's, way. Um, it, it's a slight misspelling of the word that means the smell of rain. Oh, uh, yeah. Petricor, yeah. The more you know. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Tell us a little bit about some of the game jams you've been a part of. Oh, yeah. So um, Ludum Dare is a big one. Um, one of the biggest. It's hosted on its own website, and tons of people play uh, or um, participate in it. Uh, Global Game Jam is another big one that I've done once or twice. Um, there was a game jam sponsored by the YouTube channel um, Game Makers Toolkit, which was super fun. Um, and then, yeah, a couple of these brand ones for Stadia and for Niantic. And uh, those are the only ones I'm thinking of. Oh, I also actually um, I, I made my own game jam at one point. Uh, the theme was uh, you had to use only circles, and the time constraint okay. was literally one hour. Um, so that was kind of intense. Only a couple of my friends participated. That's but, crazy. Um, <laughs> Itch, Itch.io lets you make your own game jam um, oh, cool. really easily. So I was like uh, bored on some weekend, and I was like, hey, who wants to do this crazy thing with me? Uh, yeah. How did it turn out? Uh, my game was very, very rough. <laughs> but uh, a couple other people made some cool stuff. It, it ended up being that like no one really finished the game in and out, but we all had something up, and then we ended up polishing it over like another couple hours and then being done with it. But it was interesting. It's <laughs> awesome. Hey, that breeds creativity. Given a short span like that. Yeah, it was really more of at, at that point. Like if you're doing it in a weekend, it's still a really short time period, and so you have to think about like, okay, what can I really accomplish? But for this one, it was more like. What could I possibly do in one hour? That would be interesting. <laughs> I spent like the whole day before thinking about it, and then I was like, "All right, maybe this will work." Now, would you say the time constraint is like the hardest part of a game jam? Or would you say something else? Mm. Yeah. So I would say related to the time constraint because it, it is difficult, but um, it, it's really crazy how much you can get done in a weekend if you have a couple people and you're all committed to it. Um, I would say that the hardest part is stopping yourself from making the game too big because if you make a game small enough like you can really do it in a weekend but it's um i don't know if you two have either ever heard the term scope creep mm-hmm. um but it's basically like when you keep thinking like "Ooh, this would be a cool idea for a game and this would be a cool idea and then eventually you have all these cool ideas and they're not really cohesive and it's a big <laughs> so i'd say that's the hardest part is not not succumbing to scope creep. 
Yeah. New things you learn. Scope creep. Okay. Yeah. I've done that a lot in my life. The size. Right. I've done that in my life a lot. Didn't know it had a name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good to know uh, the names of your enemies. <laughs> right. Oh, man. All right. So what is the favorite part of a game jam for you? Mm. I think it's got to be the opportunity to work with new people because uh, I've often like reached out to somebody who I like their work like on Twitter or something and just been like, hey, do you want to participate in this game jam with me? Because it's a really low uh, commitment environment where you can just try working with somebody. If it doesn't work out, that's fine. If it does work out, you can work more later. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's definitely my favorite part. Because like, getting to work with somebody new, it's like a whole extra set of skills that opens up to you. Um, I think actually uh, next week on this podcast, you're interviewing the two writers um, for the game that I'm working on right now. And that game started off as a game jam game. And it was my first time having worked with a, a writer before. And it was so magical to be able to like uh, be working on some mechanics and then have it all be flushed out in like a whole story. Like I had never had that before. And it was really exciting. That's awesome. Nice. Now, I know you mentioned the circle game that you made. So again, if you want to nominate that for this question, you can. But what are some of the favorite games that have come out of Game Jam? Yeah, so I, I could talk about some of the games that I've made, but honestly, um, I think it's more interesting to talk about some of the indie games that you might not know have uh, come from Game Jams. So I, I did a little research about the games that I have in my Steam library. I was like, oh, I wonder if any of these came from them. And I found that um, Celeste was originally from a Game Jam. Oh, cool. Um, I don't know if you know that the, um, the first version of it was in a fantasy console called Pico 8. Um, so that's Celeste Classic, and that was made in a game jam over like four days, I think, which is totally crazy to think of that like masterpiece of a game. But it was a, it was a much rougher version, obviously, but um, still really compelling, and you can play it now. Uh, there was um, Baba Is You was made in a game jam. Oh. Um, uh, that came from Nordic Game Jam, which is like one of the... I think Nordic Game Jam was the one that sort of popularized the idea of having a theme. Before then, they were mostly all like technical challenges or like work with this engine or something like that um so the nordic game jam is a big thing and baba's you came out of that um let's see a uh, hollow knight um i don't think that the game that uh team cherry made is really that similar to hollow knight but the first time that those two worked together um they made a game called i think uh hungry knight and it was just like the knight character from Hollow Knight basically walking around eating cherries. Uh, and that, I think, was like the... Or apparently was like the spur of the idea for Hollow Knight, even though it's like very different. Um, yeah, so those are some of my favorite games that have come from Game Jams. I didn't know that about Hollow Knight. That's awesome. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah. Again, I so, but now I also want Hungry Knight, though. Like I, <laughs> you can, I think you can still play it. I don't know where it's really? available, but yeah. I will I do research afterwards. Somewhere. Put it in the show notes. And for the last question here, what advice would you give to someone concerning entering their first game jam? Yeah, so um, we sort of touched on different pieces of it throughout this. I think one of the things is just like, uh, it is really intimidating to start um, from like somebody who is terrified to do my first game jam. It's just like stressful to put yourself out there, but I would say... Go into it with like very low expectations. 
if it doesn't work out, it's fine. That's the whole reason people do game jams is that, you know, they try something and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And if it works, then great. Um, do a little bit of practice with whatever you're going to be using before you start so that you're not too stressed out about it. Um, but there's some aspect of like being able to wing it. Um, and then the main piece of advice is just really make the smallest game you possibly can and make that work. Because it's really easy to just like start making something. And like we talked about with scope, scope creep, you think, oh, this would be a cool idea and this would be a cool idea before you even test the original thing. So the first things that I always do is like put in whatever you're going to be controlling uh, and then like a, a win state and a lose state. Or like, you know, if you're doing a game that's more story driven, like or an ending at least, like some way to end the game and some way for you to play it all the way through. And then once you have that, you can like iterate and add, make changes and add stuff. But um, yeah, so start small, practice a little bit beforehand and don't be too stressed out because if it doesn't work out, it's all right. And that's really sound advice. And I lied. I want to ask you one more question. Awesome. Bonus question. <laughs> yes. Bon bonus round. Anything that you are personally working on right now? Uh, yeah. So um, like I said, um, I, I currently work at a game studio called Petricor. And we're working on a couple of games. We're actually doing an, an internal game jam right now, which is um, we're currently <laughs> trying out this idea for a game where you're an alpaca and you're delivering <laughs> uh, things around a little town. It's called Alpaca Packing Company. Cool. Uh, no promises if it'll actually get made. It's just like we're working on it for a week and seeing. That's actually another interesting thing. When you talked about um, games that were originally game jams, there might be a lot more games that like the public at large doesn't know started from a game jam because a lot of companies um, will do internal game jams to decide what to make. Um, if they have a bunch of ideas, they'll just like try out a couple in a game jam. Hmm. So... Um, like some games from big studios like um, Riot or something, you know, who knows? Maybe they were internal game jams. We just don't know. Um, but besides that, I'm also working on, um, so also from a game jam, I'm a very game jam centric person, apparently. Um, me and some friends made a game called Out of Control, which um, is a horror game where uh, you are talking to a chatbot who... Uh, knows more about you than she should, basically. That sounds uh, awesome. And it's very creepy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we had a pretty nice response to that when we made the Game Jam version. That was about a year ago. And now we're working on a full version. Um, so yeah, I think next week you're talking to our writers for that, which I'm excited to hear what they have to say about dialogue and story and games. But um, that's what's most exciting me these days. Oh, spooky scary. It's going to give that to Taz and Puppet. Just... Um... <laughs> They can handle. Yeah, that, that's the... how I know Puppet basically is. Uh, we, we're talking about the game. <laughs> that's awesome. I also like that idea of just tech, talking to like the chat that's always giving like just general answers, and also by the way, did, did you know this about yourself? It's like, no, no, wait, what? Oh, why does this chat function know way too much? Yeah, that's yeah. creepy. Mm. <laughs> As you see, uh, I am not a fan of these scary spookum games. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I'm not either. It's, it's been really interesting working in a horror game when I'm very squeamish. But um, <laughs> luckily, our, our writers are super into that stuff, so they have more expertise in the genre. 
Awesome, man. Well, Ezra, I want to thank you for joining us this week and giving us all this great advice. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It's super fun. It is our pleasure. And I have been Sam. You can find me on all social platforms under Sam Set It DFW. And Ezra, any socials you would like to plug? Sure, yeah. My Twitter is um, my name, Ezra Zanton, but my handle is just E Zanton. My last name is spelled weird, so I'll just spell it real quick. It's E S Z A N T O N. Nice. And Taz, where they can find you? Uh, yes, you can find me at all social platforms at TazTDiffle3. I do stream on Twitch every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, being a variety streamer, playing whatever's fresh, um, kind of two-player Tuesdays. majority of those are with uh, Puppet. Um, whatever's fresh on Thursdays, and we get into spooky Saturdays. Of course, even though the last spooky Saturday we were talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle crossover events with Power Rangers and Batman. Um, so that was pretty crazy. That was a good time. Uh, Sammy, you were there for that. I was. That was a great time. Uh, <laughs> and then I do stream on the Game Raven Review channel on Wednesdays. I'm the Indie Wednesday host, and I play kind of whatever's fresh in the indie world. Um, but yeah, hope to see you there. And as always, you can find us on Twitch and Twitter under Game Raven Review, and also check out our website, GameRavenReview.com where there's a link to our Discord that you can join. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Game Raven Review Podcast. Have a fantastic week. Until next time, goodbye. Game, game.